Today we come to celebrate a Mass, asking our Lord for healing of our family tree. And it seems like this Gospel is a difficult one to, to read in the context of that prayer for healing, because Jesus speaks about division. And in fact, all the things he speaks about in today's Gospel um, have, uh, have kind of a challenge to, to the interpreter, and I think it's a challenge for us to understand what he's saying to us. But I, I have three difficult phrases of Jesus that I think, uh, in spite of being difficult to understand, speak very clearly to us about our, our theme for tonight. The first is this theme about division in families. What is, what is Jesus' words about dividing a household have to do with the healing of our family and asking God for healing in our history? It sounds almost like Jesus wants it. It sounds like Jesus is telling us that he desires to bring division amongst family members. Um, he brings division not in the sense that he wants people to be divided, but in the sense that he knows that some will not accept his message of love and his message of communion. For those who have accepted it, to live in love is the rule of our lives. For those who, ha who have really embraced Christ and have made him their life, then love and communion are what govern their lives. But Jesus knows that not everyone in the family is going to accept his message of love. And even sometimes those who do accept it will have a hard time living with love, that there will be hatred and division caused by the fact that some have really embraced the gospel and others have not. Division is caused by the fact that not everyone has, has accepted his message of love. Now, along with this reflection comes the fact that we know that we, I know that I, at times, am the cause of the hatred and division that we find in the world. And so there's a need for us, each of us, to recognize our own faults and our own areas where we cause that hatred, division, separation, and our need to repent and to conform our lives to the love that we've chosen to conform our lives to the message of love in Christ that he's invited us to. Only then can we be the ones on the side of love instead of being those on the, on the side of division. When others cause it towards us, our response needs to be the response of Christ, the response of mercy and forgiveness. I like to sum it up in the phrase, it stops with me. It stops with me. We're going to come back to that phrase because it's like Christ. I'm going to be like Christ, the one who swallows up the evil of hatred and division in my own forgiveness, even in my own suffering, and, and uh, offer forgiveness and love and mercy instead. That's the way to overcome the brokenness in the world. The second difficult phrase of Jesus is this phrase about fire on earth. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. The fire that Jesus wants to bring to the earth is this message of the gospel, the message of love and communion and forgiveness and mercy. He wants the world to be blazing with his love. And essentially, this is the message of the gospel, that, that Jesus loved, loved us, he died for us on the cross, he forgives us of our sins, and he gives us eternal life. Right? That's the message that he wants to spread throughout the world like a wildfire, like a fire in a dry place. Um, look at how it spreads in the Acts of the Apostles. It spread like that. 
Christians went all over the world, and everywhere they went, the message of the gospel, the message of truth and love, forgiveness and mercy, forgiveness of sins, salvation in Christ, was spread everywhere they went. And it still has to spread. It still has to spread. But we see that the fire gets put out. The fire of God's love gets put out everywhere, all over the place. What is it? If, if God's love is like a fire, then what is it that puts it out? What is the water that douses it? Think about it in our own lives, in our own hearts. Sometimes we go through periods where we're really on fire with God. We really love him so much. We experience his love in our lives. What are the things that put out the fire? I think especially, precisely, that hatred and division that we allow to enter into our lives and that we allow to enter into our own hearts when we can be the cause of hatred and division. That, that hatred that's caused by some who don't accept him, right? Or even by ourselves. Um, the way to keep the fire going is to nourish forgiveness and mercy. To nourish the one thing that overcomes that brokenness, which we already said is forgiveness, is accepting suffering with forgiveness, with mercy, like Jesus Christ. This ties into the healing of the family tree because we receive suffering and brokenness from the world around us and sometimes from our own families, sometimes from our own parents, our own grandparents, all the way up the family tree. We can draw it all the way back to Adam and Eve. We receive our brokenness from them, from those who have gone before us. How can we stop it? How can we stop the chain of brokenness? Usually broken people hurt more people. Broken people cause more brokenness. It becomes a cycle. How can we stop it? It stops with me. It stops with me. By being the ones to accept the suffering passed on to us from others, to suffer it, and to return forgiveness instead. Of course, this ties into the third point, which is uh, that phrase of Jesus. I have a baptism with which I must be baptized, Jesus says. This is right after the phrase about wishing that the world was kindled with this fire. He says, I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. What is Jesus talking about? Traditional teaching of the, of the, of the church and and the interpretation of Scripture says that when he speaks about a baptism, he's speaking about his passion. He's speaking about the suffering that he has to go through. His suffering and death, his paschal mystery, including his resurrection, is the baptism that he has to be baptized with. His great burning, his great desire, is to commit this supreme act of love. The supreme act of love, going to Jerusalem, offering himself up, accepting condemnation silently, walking right into it, dying for the people that he loves. Choosing to love and choosing to forgive in the midst of suffering. So Jesus, his great act of love, his great, the baptism that he longs for, is, is that act of forgiveness, that act of receiving all of the suffering that the world wants to heap on top of him through their sins, through their condemnation, through their hatred in his passion, to take it all on himself and not to offer one act of retaliation or of revenge or of hatred. What does Jesus say while he's being crucified? He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
The supreme act of love of Jesus Christ is an act of forgiveness, of acceptance of the suffering that other people put upon him. This is what we're here to do today and to ask Jesus to help us to do today. To receive the brokenness that we've, that we've been given by others, by their brokenness, and to put a stop to it like him, with him, in his grace. You know, a lot of us look at the suffering that we're going through, the suffering that we've received, and we say to ourselves, that's impossible. There's no way that I can overcome that. Sometimes trying to forgive is, seems absolutely impossible. Or we make the act of will to do it, and we, and we say, I really want to forgive this person, but I just can't. I can't manage it. I can't manage to let it go. Well, we can't on our own. But with the grace of Christ, we can. And, and we're, we're a part of Christ. We're a part of his body. We are um, members of his body. We receive from him all of the grace and all of the strength that he has. He has the strength and the grace to forgive. And that's what we're going to ask him for tonight. The strength and the grace to, to forgive and to heal all of those wounds that have been caused to us by others. We've received brokenness from our past, and we've also caused brokenness by our own choices, right? I like to, I like to keep those two things like, like in each of our hands and to look at them at the same time, right? A lot of times we get caught up in looking at the one side, which is the brokenness that I've received and the hurt that I've received, because it really hurts, and that's the one that we experience the most painfully. But we need to keep it beside the, our own brokenness and our own sinfulness and what we've caused to others or what we've caused to ourselves, Right? Those become two really important steps in asking for healing. One is, one is repentance, and the other is forgiveness. We can't expect to grow in healing or to, or to receive healing from God if we can't first repent of all the wrong that we've done and all of the hurt that we've caused to others and to God and to ourselves. And at, all, at the same time, uh, ask, be, able to, be able to forgive, to forgive those who have hurt us, right? If we're still holding on to unforgiveness, um, then we have a, a few steps, a journey to take before we can before we can really let healing into our into our lives. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but having those two things uh, is is very important. I had a light recently, uh, inspired by a book I was reading, um, of learning to admit my own faults when I am tempted to see the faults of others. Um, I was reading the story of a man who who, in his relationship with his wife, it seemed like she was just the most terrible person in the world. I don't know, can any of you relate to that? Maybe wives at the same time feel like your husband sometimes is the most terrible person, right? They're doing everything wrong, and there's, everything's wrong with this person. I need to change this person. This person needs to change. And, and what can I do to make the person change, right? And this man tells a story of how he went on a retreat. And on the retreat, he had a, a bit of an experience of conversion and realized that there were, there were essential things that he needed to change about himself that he was doing some things wrong. It didn't take away the fact that there were some things that his wife was doing wrong as well, right? But he suddenly realized that the person to change was himself. So he admitted his own fault, and he repented of his own fault, and he decided that he was going to change. He went home from this retreat, and he started interacting with his wife in a new way because of the change that had happened in his heart. And all of a sudden, he realized that his wife intuited that something was different in him, and she started changing too, right? In the end, he got what he wanted, right? His wife changed. And the only way to be able to change her was to change himself first. I think there's so much wisdom in that, in that I can improve my relationships with others, and I can even improve them and help them to change by me uh, recognizing my own fault 
repenting of it, changing my heart and my attitude and and uh, my reactions, my interactions with others. So um, a lot of times our, our brokenness in our relationships makes us ask, uh, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you know, is, am I the problem here? And a lot of times in our self-defense, we think, no, the problem is them, it's not me. Um, but in reality, the answer to that question is always yes. There's always something wrong with me, you know, unless I'm a saint, <laughs> unless I'm perfect. There's always going to be something wrong with me. There's always something I can change to make myself better and to bring healing. I recognize that sometimes we change ourselves, we do the best we can, and the other person still doesn't change. And sometimes there's nothing to be done. Sometimes we can't make someone else change. And then we move on to our, the next step of forgiveness, right? So um, when, when there is objective wrong that we have suffered, we have to embrace the path of forgiveness. Um, I discovered... Uh, so teaching on forgiveness, this is offered by uh, Dr. Bob Schutz. Maybe some of you have heard of him. He does a lot of healing ministry, um, kind of on a bit of a psychological level, him being a, a Catholic therapist. And he, uh, he offers these steps as a way of praying through forgiveness, forgiving a certain person. And I want to share them with you. I'm going to go through it very slowly so that each of you can kind of do this as an exercise, okay, um, right now. If you, if you want, is that okay? I ask you have your permission? Okay, a few people nodded, so. I feel like um, in my ministry, it's something that I come up with constantly, so I know that all of us have people to forgive. Maybe some of you are a little further on in your journey and you've, and you've been able to forgive, but this might be a good, a good way of renewing it because that's also something we need to do. Usually it hurts, uh, come back, and even if we've forgiven before, it's good to do it again, right? Um, I, experienced, I experienced something really beautiful with this recently is that I... I um, discovered one day uh, in a conversation with my community that uh, I was thinking, what, why is this one topic so difficult for me to handle? And immediately came to mind that there was this one person that I had a hard time with in, in my past ministry in another, another place. And, um, and I don't think I'd ever really like sat down and forgiven him. So the next day in my, in my meditation, I, uh, I just spent, we do an hour of prayer a day, and I, I spent my hour just working through these steps that I'm about to read to you. And, um, and eventually, it was just like this weight lifted. And not only did I realize that, that the situation that sparked it was, was peaceful for me, I wasn't distressed by it anymore or upset by it anymore, but a whole bunch of other situations suddenly felt very light and very easy to deal with. It was like the forgiveness, once it got in, it spread to other areas of my life. Um, and I hope that that can be the, be the way it works with you, that... Um, even just, just choosing to forgive one person can open up our hearts and allow a lot of, a lot of grace to come in and to flow. So um, the first step is just ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you need to forgive. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you need to forgive. And maybe it's um, someone comes to mind immediately, and oftentimes that's the case if there's uh, someone that... that pops in your head, it might be because there's something there. It might be someone that you've already forgiven before and you still feel the need in your heart to forgive again. And maybe it's difficult to come up with someone and you really need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me, is there anyone that I need to, need to forgive in my heart? Or maybe a whole bunch of people come to mind and you need to kind of choose one or two, right? So ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me. Show me, it could be a family member, a friend, um, someone who really hurt you, 
Uh, it could be God. It could be someone in the church. I know people who are harboring grudges against, you know, priests, bishops. Um, it could even be yourself if you have a hard time forgiving yourself for things. If that if that sparks something in you, then then go with it. You know, uh, let the Holy Spirit lead you. The second step is to picture that person in front of you. And just, uh, I, know, I know this can be difficult because if, it's, uh, if there are hurts that cause a lot of, a lot of pain, um, the point here is not to make, our, make ourselves suffer here. Do it in the presence of Christ, knowing that he, he loves you and uh, he understands what you're going through and he wants to help you through this and give you his grace to forgive. But just to picture the person in front of you and pay attention to what you feel. Um, usually if there's something that we need to forgive, then the feelings will be not pleasant, right? Maybe a bit of anger, resentment. Um, maybe the feeling that I just can't forgive that person. Um, maybe there's some guilt if it has to do with forgiving yourself, especially. So that's the second step. Um, if you need more time with any of the steps, just ignore me with the rest of it and keep asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. The third step is make an account of the debt they owe you. What did they take from you? What did they do to hurt you? And, and um, it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel whatever you feel. We're just going to treat feelings like, uh, like something neutral, something without judgment, not trying to force ourselves not to feel anger. Part of the process is taking account of the feelings and offering them up to God and letting him, letting him uh, purify them and, and heal you of them. So if we feel something in that moment, it's okay. Uh, to make an account of the debt they owe to you. Um, fourth step is to imagine yourself telling them what they did to hurt you and how it has affected you. It's kind of important to be able to put it into words in a way, to be able to say, you did, you did this to me, and this is how it affected me. You said this, or did this, or weren't there, or whatever it is that uh, that, that person did, to be able to say it. And it affected me, it caused, it caused this reaction in me, it caused me to hurt in this way. So our next step is asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the judgments that we're holding towards that person. Uh, maybe those things come spontaneously. Maybe you've said it to yourself many times. You are so blank. Um, you are a blank, right? This person is such a um, fill in the blank there. If that's, a, if that's a judgment that you've made about, the, about that person or, or you've kind of concluded to yourself that that's the way the person is or that's who this person is, um, then we want to uh, take account of those judgments and we're going to renounce them. We want to renounce the judgments that we make of other people. Um, I know this is a reality because it happens to me, right? Um, you know, even as a priest, there are people that I make judgments towards. Um, and sometimes I conclude that that's, that's that they're true, right? 
And maybe maybe they even are true. We're not going to worry about whether whether the judgments you made are true or not. We want to renounce them as a way of opening up our hearts to forgiveness. So if you can put any of those judgments into words, then do that in your heart, in your mind. And the next step um, would be just to say, Lord Jesus, in your name, I renounce the judgment that, and then, and then state your judgment. Um, in your name, I renounce the judgment that my father is not a loving person. Or whatever judgment you had towards whatever person you're thinking of. And say it in the name of Jesus to give him, give him the power to do it. But I think that renouncing those judgments um, puts, puts a, a distance between us and them. It separates the judgment from us. It allows us not to accept that judgment as true anymore. Not to accept it into our hearts anymore. To put it out of our hearts. Lord Jesus, I renounce the judgment that this person is whatever your judgment was. Okay, we're almost there. The sixth, there's my favorite step around now. The next step is um, instead of jumping right to forgiving the person, we're going to ask Jesus to forgive the person. We know that Jesus has a heart full of infinite forgiveness, that he wants to forgive everyone. And maybe when we're really hurt, we're, we're not able to even see how God could forgive that person. Um, but what we want to do is pray to Jesus, asking him to forgive them. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you, please forgive this person. Lord Jesus, I ask you to pour out your mercy and your forgiveness on this person. I've been forgetting to mention this, but we're trying to pray especially for healing of our family tree. So if you chose a family member, then, um, then that's great. It doesn't have to be someone who's passed away, someone who's alive. Even better, it's a better time to forgive. If it's someone who has passed away, then, then we still ask Jesus to forgive, right? Lord Jesus, please forgive this person. And the next step is, it's our turn. So you can phrase it however you want, but maybe like this is, Helpful. Lord Jesus, in your name, I forgive. And then name the person. Lord Jesus, in your name, I choose to forgive that person. If it's difficult, then it's normal. And we're asking him to give us the strength. Lord Jesus, give me the strength to have a heart full of forgiveness for this person, as you do. And then we're just going to have one last step in this prayer, which is, um, I think this is very beautiful, to pray a prayer of blessing over that person. If you want, you imagine the person still before you and keep in mind your heart, your desire to forgive. I forgive this person. And just maybe imagine yourself holding out your hands over them or putting your hand on their shoulder and praying a prayer of blessing. God, I ask you to bless this person. And it's especially powerful if you ask them, ask God to bless them in the opposite way that they have hurt you. 
It's, it's reversing what the temptation to revenge does to us. Revenge makes us want to uh, get them back in the way that they hurt us. What we're doing is doing the opposite of that. We're asking God to, to return to them the blessings that they took away from you by hurting you. God, I ask you to bless this person. And then think of the opposite way that you were hurt. And maybe it's someone who, uh, who took away something from you and took away love from you, for example. You say, Lord, I ask you to fill this person's life with love, with all the love that they desire and that they need. I ask you to pour out your blessings on their soul. Help them to be holy and happy. Pray that you pour out your blessings on their family. Surround them with people who love them and give them joy. Whatever kind of blessing that you would like to have in your life, ask that God would pour out those blessings on this person. Lord Jesus, we ask you to seal this forgiveness that we're just striving for and struggling to, to grow in, heal the wounds that, that uh, are left in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the healing that you're giving us already by these acts of forgiveness that are happening here. I invite you all just to pray that prayer as well. Lord, I ask you to seal this forgiveness and thank you for, for the healing that you're granting me. There's one more thought that I want to share um, uh, related to today's gospel and to our prayer for the healing of the family tree, which is that um, we all belong to broken families, but we also belong to the family of God. And it's actually, I realized this as we were, tonight as we were reading the letter to the Ephesians, um, where St. Paul talks about uh, the family. Um, trying to find where it says this. Ah, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Every family in heaven and on earth takes their name from the Father. So we are part of God's family. We are part of God's family. And uh, while we have a human family that has lots of brokenness in it, we can also bank on the fact that we, we're part of a spiritual family that is full of grace and forgiveness and blessing. The things that were handed down to us in the level of brokenness from our broken uh, parentage is matched and overcome by the good things handed down to us from the holy family that we are a part of, the family of the church. So just as sin can pass down, can be passed down, and brokenness can be passed down, God's grace can be passed down. And we have a parentage in the spiritual family which is full of, of virtue, and, and grace in the saints, right? Now, I think that we need to claim the graces of our spiritual family. We need to say, Lord, in your name, I claim the graces that you are giving me through my spiritual parentage, right? And that can even come through our, through our human parentage, right? Some of, our, some of our ancestors and our family members might be holy people, right? 
And if there's others who have broken us, there, there are also good people in our, in our lives. And we can claim the graces that they give us, but also the graces that come from all of the saints and from Christ himself, right? Being a part of the body of Christ means that all of his graces flows through us like, like the, the sap flowing through a tree, right? The vine and the branches. The branches get their life from the vine because it flows into them. It's that way with us in Christ. He gives us all of the graces that he has. The grace of forgiveness, the grace of faith and love and acceptance. So let's call on that. Call on all of that grace tonight as we ask God for healing and we ask God for the grace to forgive. Lord, strengthen us through the grace that you give us through our spiritual family and through Christ.